Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Uh, please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And also, if you don't mind terribly, help Joe and I out wherever you find us on social media, on the Frontline TV, in particular on YouTube. That's the primary station we're trying to build up. We passed 61,000 subscribers. We have a really nice audience there, and it's growing. It's thanks to all of you. So what you, whatever you could do, like, subscribe, share, and do all that fun stuff. So usually we're, uh, Joe and I, when we're doing our, our interviews, we're, we're interviewing authors, you know, those obviously who have written books uh, primarily in America, Sophia Institute Press, Ignatius, and the, and the, and the like, St. Paul Center. Uh, today, we have an important conversation, and we have a special guest with us, uh, Father Yakub Dubitsky, and he is a Ukrainian priest, and he agreed to come on the show and take, uh, you know, take from his day to, uh, to join us to, to talk, what, talk about what's going on in the Ukraine. He is a missionary priest. Um, so that'll be our topic for today, the church in need, Ukrainian Catholics on the brink of what could potentially be uh, Russian occupation. So, uh, well, you know, Father's got a lot to say, and we want to talk to him about it. And with that, I am going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Father, um, first off, it's great to see you. I know Father from New Jersey. He would come and spend uh, some time at my parish. I go to a Polish-American parish. He was ordained in Poland, and he knew my pastor. Um, and as he would come, he would tell us about his work in the Ukraine, which is fascinating. And as Joe Pasillo rightfully said, uh, a lot is going on in the Ukraine now geopolitically. So we want to hear a little bit about that. Uh, but first, we always begin with prayer because all good things start with the prayer and this is obviously a very good thing so father would you lead us in a, a short prayer yeah yeah of course uh, i have just uh, finished my uh, charismatical renew uh, group so we were praying uh, we were we were praising the god and uh, i think that holy spirit will lead us on this meeting and let us pray together to our fa father uh, in heaven to help us in that meeting our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name they will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Holy Spirit, lead us. Amen. He's never let us down and he won't let us down now, Father. There's no doubt about it. Um, I guess a good place to start is how did you end up in the Ukraine? I, I, I remember you telling me uh, that you wanted to be a missionary priest and your bishop sent you there. It, the story is very similar to like Mother Cabrini. She wanted to go east and the Pope said, no, you will go to America. Uh, you have a similar story like that. You didn't think about the Ukraine. You wanted to do some missionary work and your bishop sent you there. Could you give us a little background on that? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite a funny story uh, because, you know, I was born, uh, as you said, in Gdynia, in northern Poland. And after finishing uh, high school, I went to seminary in Gdańsk. I was ordained in 2010. And after a few years in my home diocese, I found out that uh, I wanted to serve as a priest in a different country, a country where there would be a need for priests. Uh, much greater than they need uh, us in Poland because, you know, in Poland we've got big parishes, 
you've got uh, about sometimes two, three, five priests in one parish. So, so it, it, it's okay. And I was looking for the place where can I serve the people who are in need. So, you know, I was uh, talking to different bishops, for example, uh, in France, I was uh, meeting my friend who, who, who is in nearby the Paris, and he's the pastor, uh, can you believe, in 16 parishes. Yeah, one priest for 16 parishes. Wow. And he was uh, inviting me there. I was uh, talking to Bishop in Columbus, Ohio, and he said to me, Father, if you come to us, I will give you two or three parishes from tomorrow. So, you know, I was looking the place uh, when I can be a priest and where there is a need of priests. And I know in uh, some areas in uh, for example, New Jersey, uh, people need priests, but, uh, you know, people have own priests. But I was looking for place that uh, we people will need a priest, uh, they will really need a priest, let's say that, yeah? And um, so that I was looking for a diocese like that. And I have some, some talks with the bishops, and when I came to uh, my bishop, and he said, okay, Father, I can understand, of course, it's a beautiful idea. I know there are people who need a priest and, uh, and uh, all, all things like that. But uh, he said, but you know, uh, you are a young priest. You have to serve in our diocese. If you want to go to France or to United States, ah, and I, I, I want to say because I know those languages, you know, so, so I wanted to go in those country, countries, yeah? And uh, my bishop said, okay, I can understand. You know those languages. You, you can serve people there. It's a beautiful idea, of course. I can support you. But you are a young priest and you have to serve in your home diocese for another few years. And after a few, right, a few years, I will let you to another country. But Bishop from Lviv just called me and he said that uh, he need a priest. And if you, uh, you want to go to Ukraine, you can go even tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't prepared for that because, you know, I, I, I wasn't thinking about Ukraine, you know, I was thinking about another countries, as I told you, and this was a huge surprise, but uh, I am quite stubborn, so I said, oh, your excellency, I have to think about it, and I was waiting another month, and I came to him, and I said uh, another time, this story that I go, I want to go to France or to United States, and he was, oh, yes, yes, of course, beautiful idea, but Bishop in Lviv is looking for a priest. If you want to go there, you can go tomorrow. And you know, those talk, we were, uh, we were talking like this uh, every month. And when, uh, when I knew that uh, I, have to, uh, <coughs> I have to make a decision, I have prepared two um, documents uh, that uh, I, I, I want to buy missionary priest. And I started like, um, like, uh, like always. Bishop, like always, said, of course, of course, in a few years. Then I took another document and said, okay, so I will go to Ukraine. And mm -hmm. Bishop uh, signed it and said, okay, welcome you next month. Come to me and we will prepare all the documents. And after that, I called my friend, who is uh, from my diocese, um, and he is now here in Ukraine, and uh, he, he went here uh, two years before me. And I called him and I said, John, can you tell me how, how is uh, to be a priest in Ukraine? because I'm going to you. <laughs> he started <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I first I made a decision and then I started thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> so, yeah, it was funny about what's funny, Father, <clears throat> is that Joe mentioned earlier at the top of the show is that, you know, he met you in New Jersey. 
So the yeah. immediate question in my mind is, where are you most better serving, in New Jersey or the Ukraine? Because we kind of need you in this godforsaken state too. But let me let me not go there because we we can probably spend hours on uh, yeah, how yeah. New Jersey is. But obviously, you know, you 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 you. You got the call and, and you went. Did you um? Did you know? Now I I heard you mention you were talking about France. Obviously, we know you know English. Obviously, we know you know how to speak Polish. Um, how similar of a language is the Ukrainian language? And it, was it rough for you to have to learn the language, or did you learn the language? No, no, no. Because as I told you, I was uh, learning at school uh, <coughs> French and English language. Okay. I have family in Germany, so I know a little bit German. But Ukrainian language was something uh, new for me. Uh, of course, there are some people from Ukraine in Poland, and uh, I, I met them before. But you know, when uh, they are in Poland, they speak Polish. When I came to Lviv here, uh, here there are a lot of people who speak Polish. So mm. it wasn't a problem for me to communicate. And, uh, you know, when I was living here, I, I, I live here, so I tried to talk to them. And uh, it wasn't so hard. But uh, the first thing uh, uh, which was very hard for me was reading and and uh, celebrating the mass because you know uh, in ukraine we have cyrillic alphabet like in russia and when i opened uh, those books i uh, I, uh, I made a big eyes and oh my god what is that so <laughs> i had to i had to start reading in the cyrillic alphabet and i had to i have to learn this so okay. speaking uh, was quite okay it wasn't so hard but reading and celebrating the mass in ukraine oh okay it was something something okay. uh, Thank you for that, Father. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We're in the breach with Father Jakub Dubitsky, and uh, he is a, uh, a missionary priest in the Ukraine, and we wanted to talk to him about the state of the church and what's going on, or, you know, as far as he could tell in that part of the world. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Racinello. Now, obviously, you, you know, you're a Polish priest. How did the people there receive you? I mean, I don't know, like, the cultures. I mean, I go, I know the Polish culture in, in America, but how did the Ukrainian people receive you when you got there? Oh, uh, it was uh, very nice uh, because uh, we have to understand the situation here. First, it was, Ukraine was a part of Soviet Union. So uh, religion was, uh, wasn't uh, something popular, let's say that, in diplomatic way. Uh, there, were, uh, there was um, only two churches here in our area which were opened and where people could, uh, could uh, pray. And, uh, you know, this was an uh, atheistic uh, country. Yeah, Soviet Union. So uh, churches were closed, were uh, were destroyed. Uh, you know, for example, one of my churches was destroyed. Another one was uh, prepared as a as a, um, I forgot the word. Uh, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was converted but, into something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. As barn for 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 uh, for, for uh, cows, you know. Okay. Sure. Horses uh, and something like that. So so when I came here, people was very kind for me because first they knew that after Soviet Union uh, there was a problem with the priests. There was no priests here, and another thing when you know uh, um, when I came from Poland, uh, they are thinking about me that I left Poland, my homeland. Uh, Poland is a part of uh, European Union, and I uh, I serve people there, and uh, I had a good uh, you know salary in Poland. I had a good car in Poland, good rectory in Poland, and I came to them. I came to them, and uh, and for them it was something. Oh wow, Father, you did uh, something uh, big for us. So so after the Soviet Union and after uh, and uh, this situation today, yeah yeah, for them it was it was something something huge. For me, it, it, it's okay, but but uh, they are very thankful. Mm -hmm. 
And Father, you mentioned the Soviet Union. I mean, you know, geopolitically right now, there's a potential crisis um, going on. Obviously, we've heard in America that, uh, you know, Russian troops are at the border of the Ukraine. Uh, what's going on? Basically, boots on the ground. Like, what are people saying about that? Uh, I mean, 2022, we could very easily see a Russian invasion. You mentioned that they were once a part of the Soviet Union, and it seems to me that Putin wants to have them a part of it again. Mm, firstly, we have to say that uh, uh, in Ukraine, there is still war because uh, in um, eastern border uh, there is still war there people have to defend the uh, country against russian aggression because you know a war uh, which started in uh, 2016 yeah is uh, still going so there is still war there. So we know uh, that, uh, for example, some of my parishioners, some of uh, men who are my parishioners, have to go to defend their country against uh, Russian aggression. Yeah? So uh, um, let's say that, that we are all the time at war. So uh, for us, um, I don't want to say that uh, it's something normal, usual, but you know we are at war. So we know that Russian is uh, Russian President Putin is crazy guy. Uh, we are afraid of him because he's unpredictable, and uh, we don't know what we what uh, will he do. Yeah, um, we are praying a lot that <coughs> that uh, can save us uh, from that Russian aggression, but we really don't know what will happen. Right. How how are well, let me let me say this first, just for anybody joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, we're having a great conversation with Father Jakub Dubitsky he is a missionary priest in the Ukraine. Um, the people you serve, Father, um, I mean, what 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 are the state of things from from your perspective as far as the fear level on the part of the Ukrainian people that you could see? Are they are they genuinely afraid that Russia is just going to outright invade the Ukraine? Is it going to be just at the borders? What is the general sentiment amongst the Ukrainian people that you could see? We are afraid. We are afraid of Putin because we don't know, as I told you, what he will do. Because uh, now there is a hard situation in uh, in Russia. Uh, he has to do something to to, to get uh, voted another time. Yeah, uh, <coughs> Putin is also, as I told you, crazy guy, and he is uh, thinking about new Russia or renew uh, the Soviet Union, something like that. Yeah. Another thing is that um, he has to make a way uh, from Russia to Crimea. Yeah, because there is a problem with water. Uh, this is also very important uh, place for strategy, uh, geopolitics, for uh, soldiers, and there is a problem to get there. So he need way. Uh, from Russia to Crimea and to Moldavia. So probably he won't attack all the Ukraine because it will, it will be big war. But uh, we know that he wants to take those parts, uh, let's say, southern part of Ukraine. And uh, so that uh, generally people are, people are afraid. People are really afraid because uh, we know that it could happen. It's uh, uh, it, it's a huge problem for us. Here in Lviv, uh, we know that uh, he won't probably come here. It's too far from Russian border to, to come to Lviv. Yeah? But on the other hand, we know that, as I told you, I have uh, some parishioners, some men who are soldiers. So when they go to defend uh, their country, we all in parish, uh, are praying for them because, for example, I have uh, one guy who is named Andrew in, in Ukraine. It will be Andre. He have a nice uh, wife, two sons, and you know this is a beautiful family. And uh, and when he go for for for, for the uh, to the war. Uh, we have to pray because, uh, you know, this is huge problem for this family. So we know that probably Putin won't come to Lviv, but for our families, for, for this society, this is a huge problem. 
It's also Father there's Dubisky. a lot of history there. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, Joe. Like, uh, Father Yakov Dubisky is joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're talking about the state of the Ukraine. We want to get into the state of the church in the Ukraine, which we will. But right now, we're talking about a little bit of the the tense situation um, that's being presented by Russia. Um, Father, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Joe and I are just a couple of dumb rubes from New Jersey, and we just ask too many obvious questions. Like, anyway, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO was was organized to defend Europe against Russian aggression. Was it not? Am, am I wrong about that? And and how does NATO not step in on some level? Look, we know the Europeans, no offense, Father, we know you're born in Poland, okay? So we we, we have the same criticism for America. But the Europeans seem to have been on a, a, a cultural and civilizational suicide mission for the last hundred years, okay? But, but they created NATO to keep a check on Russia. Is NATO doing anything now to, let's say, push back against Russia, particularly when it comes to their threats against the Ukraine, as you mentioned? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see that because, firstly, Ukraine is not part of NATO. Yeah. So uh, Poland is part of NATO. Ukraine is not. So <clears throat> so this is the uh, first problem and we have to handle it. Uh, let's say that Ukraine is alone because uh, geopolitical uh, situation is very complicated in Europe because uh, Russia and European uh, Union have uh, a lot of uh, uh, business uh, together you know so so and Ukraine is let's say between them it's not a part of Russian because they are we are free now we are not a part of Soviet Union but we are also not a part of European Union right. so this is this is quite hard for us you know because because we don't know what to do and, and also, world, I mean, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Joe, I just, uh, Joe, I want to just want one more question, real quick. But then, is the world going to allow, Father? Is it going to allow what happened a hundred years ago when the when the when the Russians <laughs> slaughtered the Ukrainians, left them starving on their farms? Is the Western Europe and all the people that are doing business with Russia and Putin are they going to sit back and allow that to happen again? I don't mean to be overly dramatic, but we've seen, you know. We've seen uh, nearly 2 million Ukrainians dead at the hands of the Russians within the last 100 years. And it seems like Russia would be very happy in, to serve its own interest by doing something similar, and the Europeans aren't going to do a damn thing. Quick comment on that, Father, and then I want to hand it over to Joe. Oh, um, I'm not I'm not expert in politics, but I think that, as I told you, Ukraine is now uh, let uh, alone, so it could be a problem. And another thing is that, uh, don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> I think that Putin, uh, for me, that guy is possessed, and he is, in satanic way, very, very smart, not good way in satanic way he is very smart and he really knows what to do um, with ukraine to get what he wants and this is the problem i think that it's not only politics i think that this is something more in that so mm -hmm. i think yes it will be problem with him and father <laughs> what is the state of the church in the ukraine i mean i'll be honest with you i'm very ignorant of it um you know like what is it like is it a vibrant place? Is Catholicism um, on, on the move? Or is it something that, you know, the churches are empty? We know what's going on um, in mainland Europe in countries like Spain, Portugal, Italy, France. They're elder sisters of the church. The churches are empty. What's the state of the church in, in the Ukraine currently? Oh, we are growing up. <laughs> it's a good, uh, it, good it, it, it's good news because we are growing up. You know, I, I think that this is uh, our situation uh, because you know we have problem with Putin, uh, as we told before. We have problem with pandemic, with coronavirus, yeah, and people uh, also are very poor here uh, and and you know they are looking for some help but uh, you know the, the very interesting thing when, when i came here five years more than five years ago uh, <coughs> i was thinking that 
okay, I'm going to poor country and I have to support them. Yeah, I have to collect funds and I have to um, do charitable things. You know, I am running a kindergarten. I am opening the school. I am, I am doing a lot of things with uh, those children. But, you know, I'm here for five years and I think that uh, I, I see that the most important things think is a spiritual way of uh, a spiritual <clears throat> something spiritual oh let's say that yeah because when i came here i was thinking about as i told you charitable things but now i think that uh, jesus is much more important in that because you know those people always was uh, very poor those people as you told before uh, always had problem with russia and for for us here it's maybe mm, nothing new but i know that those people here are looking for something more they don't need money they, they don't need uh, uh, something uh, something big they need jesus christ and you know when i started uh, this parish when i started serving in this parish i started to give people hope, give people spiritual life. I was, uh, you know, I, I, I'm laughing that my people are, are, uh, are not in, st in standard, we are not a standard way parish, yeah? All, for example, all, all of my parishioners have my phone number, and if they have to confess, they can call me, and they can, can come to rectory, you know? And I see that uh, people need that. They, have, they, they need to speak to the priest. They need to confess. I have uh, also, as I told you, charismatical renew um, group. We are praising God. And, uh, and I have <clears throat> some people who are coming to me with another problems. And, you know, I see the most important thing here for us, Catholic Church in Ukraine, is to give Jesus Christ. No, uh, not uh, only charitable things, you know, but... Um, Jesus Christ and and spiritual life and I think this is our place here in Ukraine and I see uh, also because you know it's a funny story <clears throat> but uh, Orthodox uh, and Greek Catholic priests uh, <clears throat> they you know live uh, with wives with the, the the children and for example they don't have time for people like we Roman Roman Catholic priests yeah so people are people are coming for to to us to simple talk to 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 confess their sins to 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 pray together, you know, and I think that this is our place. Give Jesus Christ, giving the spiritual life. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about life itself for your parishioners? Like, what kind of work do they do? What's their day-to-day -day like? To be honest with you, I, I, you know, I don't know that much about the Ukraine. <laughs> uh, if you could give us a little bit of info on that. Father, hmm. Father Jakob Dubitsky, I'm going to cut you off in about a minute or so to go to a break, and then we'll continue on the other side. I just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay. Okay. So um, if you're asking me about work and about uh, live here, uh, we have to know that as a natural consequence of the situation in the border and the war is uh, a lot of poverty here. For example, if uh, they work, my people here, they make equivalent about uh, $150. It's monthly salary for, for, for them here in Ukraine. Yeah, Maybe <coughs> we have to know that. Uh, and um, another thing is that uh, the huge uh, problem here um, in Ukraine uh, is a huge disproportion between salary and prices. Because, you know, when you come to Lviv, you can see beautiful restaurants, you know, you can see beautiful churches, you have a lot of things to do. You can go to cinema, you can go to other places, but, uh, you know, for this is for tourists. Uh, normal Ukrainian people cannot afford that because this uh, here the, there is a huge, huge problem uh, between 
salary and prices. Father, let me leave it. I want you to come back to that on the other side of the break. I think that's very important for our listeners to know. So we are being joined by Father Yakov Dubitsky. He's a missionary priest in the Ukraine, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. Please be sure to follow Joe and I on Facebook, YouTube, primarily the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV. We'd really appreciate a like, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. So we're with Father Jakob Dubitsky. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Facillo and Joe Resinello. We are way in the breach with Father Yakov Dubitsky. He is a missionary priest serving the people of the Ukraine. Um, and we're talking about the situation there, the state of the Catholic Church, uh, how the people are living a day-to-day life. In, in light of the fact that the Russians are at the border, there is, as Father pointed out, there has been war going on at the border uh, since 2016. It's just a continuation of that, and it could potentially get worse. But Father, I had cut you off at the beginning of the, at the end of the first segment. You were talking. We were talking about the day-to-day life of Ukrainians, and you were talking about the disparity between prices and wages. So uh, I really want our audience to, to understand what's going on in that regard. So if you don't mind, please continue. Yeah, of course. Uh, maybe I will give you um, an example for that, because uh, when I talk about Ukrainian situ- situation uh, in the United States or something like that, <coughs> maybe you cannot understand. But for example, uh, when I'm talking about disproportion about salaries and prices, uh, Okay, I will give you a question. Is this a huge problem for you to to tank your car, to drive your car, to buy a car? No, no, not really. No. So can you uh, can can you uh, imagine that if you wanna uh, tank your car for full, uh, your salary uh, is enough only for two times. Two times. Uh, For example, uh, if you. I don't know what is the normal salary in in United States, but uh, let's say that it will be two thousand. So if you tank your car once, you have to pay one thousand dollars. So you can only only tank your car twice for monthly salary. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Father, about that? I I, I really want to emphasize something that Joe and I say on the show all the time, and this is a problem with America. Okay, this is a criticism of our mindset. We can't imagine that. Now, I think it's a bad idea, a really bad idea um, that gas prices in California are at about eight dollars a gallon, just to give you an example. But those people can still afford to put gas in their car, if you know what I mean. We have no clue in America about something like you just described, where half of your monthly income could go to fill up your tank once. I think we need to keep things in perspective in America, and that's why I wanted to, I wanted to just uh, you know, uh, throw that out there, Father, but please continue. Okay, and uh, you know, uh, 
my people are quite poor and um, they cannot afford uh, something like that. You know, we, we don't go to restaurants, we don't go um, very often by car. There are some buses, buses uh, who drive people in cheap way and, uh, and like that. But you know that uh, another thing is um, what uh, I didn't uh, knew and, uh, and uh, I didn't met in Poland. Everyone nearby his home here in my village uh, have uh, some kind of garden that uh, we are we, are, we have our let's say organic food you know some potatoes carrots uh, some cucumber some of people have own chickens uh, some of them have cow and fresh milk so you know um, for me it's uh, something beautiful i am coming back to my childhood when i was going to a farm and I was drinking fresh milk, you know, just uh, just um, from the from this morning, you know, I was eating scrambled eggs, uh, fresh yellow ones, and you know, I I have it here. So people uh, <coughs> people are 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 poor, but uh, I think that. Uh, they know how to handle this situation. They, they, and uh, another thing, uh, what is very important for me, and I think uh, which will be important for our talk, that people here are very, very good. I tell you, I am Polish priest. I have support from Poland, sometimes from United States. But can you imagine that people are bringing here for my rectory some fresh eggs bread they uh, uh, or they were making uh, by by, by um, homemade bread you know and uh, all the, the, the all the stuff and uh, i'm not starving no i'm in poor country but people here are very good and they say sometimes oh please uh, lady maria I, I i don't need this bread uh, i know you are a from poor, poor family. Oh, father, uh, I, it, it, it's nothing for me. You've got uh, 48 children in kindergarten. You need it more. But I have support from Poland. You know, I can handle that. No, no, no. You need it more. I will eat something else. And you know, for me, this is something uh, unusual and beautiful. I will tell you another story. I was, <clears throat> can you imagine, I was uh, uh, during the holiday uh, with my sister and her husband in Carpathian Mountains. And uh, he, he felt bad uh, during the, the, the road, the, the way, yeah? And we stopped. And can you imagine that people from houses came to us and asked, oh, do you need any help? Maybe you have lost, maybe you need a doctor. Some cars uh, were stopped, police have stopped. Oh, do you need any help? People here are very good, you know, they have open heart and they, when you, when they see someone who is in need, they will definitely help you. And that's beautiful. I, that is yeah. beautiful. That is that is that is such a beautiful story. That, that I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna soon forget the lady with the loaf of bread and say, here, father, here, take a love. I mean, God bless them. I mean, but but that is Joe talks about it on the show, father, all the time at the front line with Joe and Joe. You know, we we no, nobody wants to be poor. All right, but but you 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 have a different perspective on life when you when you don't have everything at your disposal. I, it's very humbling, and I, I just I just see like I, I when I think about it, I think you know those people in many ways live much more fruitful lives um, than than it seems we do in America. And I know it seems like I'm be beating up on America, but but we need I think we need to to maybe keep things in perspective, and that's why that story hit me the way it did. But I'm and as you were saying Joe. that, Father, it was reminding me a story that Mother Teresa told about a family that was starving. They hadn't eaten in a couple of days, and she brought a 50-pound bag of rice. And when the family received it, the mother immediately left, and she came back, and half of it was empty. And, and she said, where did you go with the rice? And she said, the family next door was hungry, and she gave half of it to them. And it seems that, like, our... The luxuries that we have in Europe as well as in America, it hardens our hearts. See, that story is beautiful, what you're talking about. But I also think about, it reminded me of that story that Mother Teresa has had, she would tell about sharing and how Christ is found in sharing. And many times it's the poor. 
that understand that better than the rich. They teach us something. Yeah. And 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 to be honest with you, I I, I think sometimes too the responsibility of people we've been given so much, um, and we lose sight of that. It's so easy to lose sight, but when we lose sight of that, we lose sight of Jesus. He's there in front of us. All we have to do is an ex- extend a hand. Um, talk a little bit about your parish. I know when you arrived there, you've done a lot of things, particularly you mentioned the kindergarten that you started. Um, I've seen a lot of pictures of it. What's going on with that? Because I think it's been a big help to the community where you serve. Yeah, uh, I wasn't the founder of the kindergarten priest, uh, who Father Zdisov, who was uh, here before me, he started uh, this kindergarten. I'm just continuing and uh, and uh, uh, growing, uh, let's say it's growing up now because, you know, <clears throat> we know that uh, the problem here is also with uh, uh, <coughs> with Christianity, as I told you, this is country after uh, Soviet Union, and you know people uh, have faith, uh, strong faith in their hearts, but they have also uh, they have to also uh, know uh, more about God, and uh, and you know so so that we started with the kindergarten because um, for those children we can be like father or like mother because I have two nuns who are cooperating with me uh, from I can say it now uh, I, there will be a vicar priest in my parish because we are still growing up so <clears throat> we we are taking care of about 48 children in our kin- kindergarten we have uh, school and uh, and we are teaching catechism because we know that uh, only Jesus can give them the hope and you know for so um, to conclude we have uh, two things to do. Firstly, we are giving hope, we are giving Jesus Christ, and secondly, we are uh, giving those children uh, childhood, because you know, the situation of war and poverty um, is very complicated, yeah, and uh, we have to give them a happy childhood. And, and uh, this is uh, what I wanted to want to say. You know, when I came to this parish uh, five years ago, it was let's say standard, typical Catholic parish. Yeah, um, oh, of course, the, 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 there was a confession, there was a, uh, there was a holy mass and a, a, a holy rosary and something like that. But uh, I felt in heart that uh, it, it couldn't be like that. I think that uh, here is a huge, huge potential in this parish, in those parishes, because I'm a pastor in two parishes. I have two parishes. And, you know, I started working with uh, children, with uh, young people, and now it is funny funny because when I'm talking uh, to to, to other people, uh, they are asking how many children and young people do you have in your parish? And I say, oh, more than 200. And they are thinking, hey, Father, but you said that your parish is 100 people. So how it is possible that you have more than, more than 200 uh, children and young people there? Because we have to, we have to uh, know that uh, here in Ukraine, Roman Catholics, we are only 2 or 3%. Yeah? And uh, mostly uh, around us, there are orthodox and some of greek catholics but we are not closed for 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 other people because as i told you before people are looking for the hope they are looking for the god and so that we are taking care now for for uh, more than 200 children and young people so excellent yeah what father, what what please just have pure curiosity the 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 parents of, of these kids um, number one, how has what you've been doing affected them as, and helped them as parents? Um, also, I'm very curious, what, what, what is the main source of employment? Uh, you mentioned the, the, the meager wages, but what, what sort of work do people in the Ukraine, in, in, in your area, like what are they mostly involved with? Hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. 
hard to say uh, most uh, mostly but i think uh, generally it will be simple work they are mechanics uh, they are builders uh, simple work let's say that physical work or let's something like that yeah okay farmers uh, yeah I was, I was just curious about that. I'm going to hand it over to Joe. You're with us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello, in the breach with Father Jakub Dubitsky, who is a missionary priest of the Catholic Church, serving right now in the Ukraine. So with that, Joe, I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, obviously, like our Lord said very specifically, um, that unless you become my children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, what have they taught you? these children. I mean, like, children have an honesty to them uh, that's unparalleled. I mean, just as a father of five, I also, it, like, sometimes marvel at how children forgive each other. Like, my children will fight, and then immediately they forgive each other. How adults don't do that. Um, and I marvel at that, just observing them sometimes. What have they taught you? Because I'll be honest with you, my kids teach me a lot as much as sometimes I try to teach them. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I can uh, say that uh, children here in our parish, in our kindergarten, uh, teach, teach me something very important, this hope, because, you know, when I see them, they don't know what is going on. They are always laughing. They are always in joy because they know that uh, someone will take care for them. And, you know, they are people of hope. So I think those children are, are, uh, are great teachers for me. And, you know, when I came here, it is another funny story. Uh, I... I also became like a chill child, you know, because uh, I had to talk to them, I had to celebrate Holy Mass for them, and I think that uh, this hope that nothing can happen, my father uh, will, will protect me, yeah? and uh, the same thing that uh, for, for me as a priest, nothing, uh, nothing bad can happen, my father in heaven will protect me, yeah? and this hope, this is uh, the best lesson for me. I will tell you tell you the funny story because uh, it's all, also something uh, when I caught myself uh, on this. Uh, sometime ago, I went to Poland to my home city in Gdynia, and it was parish in um, area where uh, are a lot of uh, let's say old people, yeah, <clears throat> uh, retired people and something like that. <coughs> and I was celebrating Holy Mass, and you know. Those holy mass when I was celebrating was beautiful. It was, let's say, ideal, something like that. Uh, when uh, you have to sing, they were singing. When uh, I was uh, talking, the preaching, they were listening. You know, everything's was everything was going uh, in a perfect way. Yeah. And, but I felt bad. I thought, oh my God, something is not okay here. Something is not bad. And you know, after <clears throat> after those uh, holy mess, I was thinking, oh, I'm not, uh, I'm not in my parish because you know, when I'm celebrating, uh, I'm celebrating uh, mass in my parish, I have a lot of children, and you know. Always someone is crying, always someone is screaming, someone is laughing. I have older boys, uh, about 25 boys. So, so can you imagine what is going on there? Because they are uh, sitting behind my back and they think that I cannot see them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so this is, uh, you know, uh, holy mass with a great, great joy. And <coughs> And, and this is uh, this is something funny. So I think that those are two things that children taught me: joy in our faith, that you come to the church for uh, holy mass or, 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 or another prayer. And this is not only the tradition. This is not only um, part of of uh, being a Christian, but this is a great joy meeting of our God. And the second thing uh, is hope that my father in heaven can protect me in all situations. And I also think Christ is very close 
to children, particularly poor children. I mean, I'll share with you something that happened to me in my own life. Um, I was in Haiti at a mass. This is many years ago before I was married. And uh, it was an outdoor church, and there were many children there from a school, very poor. And the mass began, and there was a big statue of the Sacred Heart, and they began to sing. I mean, like, 300 kids and i was just like oh my god like god is here like i mean like i'm not even kidding it actually almost like like was a hard wind that blew me over because they were poor children and there was a huge statue of christ and i was just like holy christopher columbus i can't even believe this like there's something to that um that we miss i think again it's 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 our own lives we get caught up in them that we just miss that but christ is there you know and in in a tangible a tangible way um could you talk about other experiences you've had with these children because i can remember one time you shared with me uh, a couple of kids that were causing you a little bit of trouble and you made them altar boys and they kind of changed, they surprised you because sometimes kids surprise you. You think the one kid that's not going to come around, all of a sudden he comes around and he comes around in a way that you never expected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those, uh, this is another funny story because, uh, you know, some time ago, uh, a few boys came to my parish to become altar boys. And uh, I knew that boys that uh, they are making huge problems at school. Uh, teachers have problem with that. Uh, I knew all, all, all also those families um, huge problem with alcoholism. So 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 I knew that those boys uh, need a lot. And they came to me, and they said that they want to be altar boys. And I said, okay, uh, guys, let's uh, talk like men. Uh, why you want to be altar boy in my parish? Because you are orthodox. You have never been uh, on our holy mass. And <coughs> what happened to you that uh, you wanted to be our our um, altar boys? And they said that uh, another boy who goes to one class uh, with them said about our parish and uh, he um, I, I i am telling that now that he came an apostle of, of, of them that he is apostle at school he is talking about uh, about our parish and uh, that this is a place for children for for young people because we have to know that orthodox and greek catholics are very traditional you cannot during the the holy mass. Uh, you cannot, you know, smile. You cannot uh, talk. You cannot. Uh, you have to keep your child child like this to 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 not move. Uh, and if some some children will will move or cry or something like that, all people say, shh, 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 be quiet, be quiet, keep your children. Keep the discipline, and and you know in our parish we we have uh, uh, um, another experience. We let uh, children to feel free to, to to come to Jesus Christ, and and we are not screaming for them. No, and those uh, boys came to me. And the funny story is that that I said, okay, boys, now I know your situation, but you are. Uh, young boys, uh, and you have to bring me permission from your parents that you that, that uh, you will able to be older boys, and they let you because I cannot uh, let you to, to, to my parish to, to be older boys before um, w- without permission from your parents. And they came after five minutes, they came back. And they brought me, you know, <laughs> piece of paper. And those bo- those were boys uh, from third or fourth class. So I saw that they uh, write uh, those permission by themselves. <laughs> and and <coughs> I was reading, and uh, I, I said, uh, 
have, uh, did your parents know about that? And this, oh yes, of course, fathers, yes, of course. Okay, I will risk and I will, uh, I will let you. And you know, and uh, I, I wanted to be strict, and uh, but uh, in in my soul, I was laughing because uh, oh, oh, what is the funny fact? I was doing the same when I was young. <laughs> and me too, father. Me too. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> so, you know, they, <laughs> they came to me. Uh, let's uh, be honest. They wanted to uh, to um, to do something wrong. Let's let, let's be honest. But I couldn't uh, couldn't be bad for them because I was the same. And you know, uh, they, they came to me, and they are still here. So so this is beautiful story. Okay, maybe they are not uh, the most polite uh, children in our parish, but uh, but um, oh, it, it's okay. They're that's, on the way. That's great because you gave them a chance i mean sometimes you know doesn't christ do that for us all you know yeah. like like nobody comes perfect you got we got to give people a chance you gave them a chance yeah i'm curious father Jakob dubitsky who's joining us here at the front line with joe and joe what is uh because we only have a few minutes left you mentioned earlier and i was not aware of this uh th that the catholic population of ukraine is 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 only around three percent is that correct Roman Catholic, yeah. Roman yeah. Catholic. So then the rest, I'm assuming, primarily, as you said, Orthodox, whether Greek yeah. Orthodox or, or Russian Orthodox, just East, yeah. Eastern Orthodoxy. Yeah. What is, um, from your from your vantage point, um, again, we only have a few minutes, but what is the state of Ukrainian culture? I, I would be curious, as far as like the, the general view of the population on things like abortion, uh, transgenderism. I mean, is it similar to, let's say, Western Europe, or America is a little bit more sane. Uh, how would you describe the, the culture of, of the Ukraine? Okay. Um, this, uh, we have to separate those, those things because abortion is uh, another way of thinking and those transgenders, gay, and, and uh, those things, uh, this is another thing. Uh, starting from the second. Um, here there, there, there is very traditional society. So um, things about uh, transgender uh, or, or, or something like that, uh, let's say, doesn't exist people even doesn't talk about it because this is uh, this is so traditional society maybe mm -hmm. they are here in big cities or something like that yeah but uh, but this is not a problem for our society this is a very traditional society and um, this topic doesn't exist but Abortion is another problem because, uh, as I told you before, this is country um, after the Soviet Union. And uh, in the Soviet Union, abortion was, uh, um, I don't know how to say, like uh, visiting a doctor. So, you know, they came doing the stuff and coming back. So when I confess uh, people, for example, um, old women who have 78 years and they said, Father, I made 10, 11 abortions because everyone has done, have done it. Uh, I came to doctor for a control and he said for to, to me, oh, I made abortion because I thought that it would be better, you know. So... <clears throat> So this is a huge problem here because after this, uh, the Soviet Union, uh, people uh, are doing it. And, uh, you know, here in Ukraine, we Roman Catholics uh, are only, as I told you, 3%. And we, we are talking about that, but uh, people don't hear us. People don't hear us. We are talking about them. I'm confessing those people. My parishioners, uh, I know they are coming to... to to school, to 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 place they work, and they talk about it, that this is the sin, and come here to our parish. We will help you. We will be for you like a family. But you know, this is a huge problem. I will tell you uh, that uh, I were I, I I was reading official statistics in uh, 2019. Uh, in Ukraine, there was. Uh, 1200 abortion per day so 
So, and this is only about uh, 45 million country. So it's a huge, huge number. Well, it's, it sounds huge when you, I think in America, I think it's a little over 2,300 a day, but we have 350 million people. Um, I, and it's kind of like a contradiction, Father, when you think about it. On the one hand, as you said, very traditional-minded in terms of gender roles, things like that. But yet, I guess, like you said, it's that residue of the Soviet Union, the, the, the atheistic, communistic, materialistic worldview that doesn't value, let's, let's be clear, doesn't value human life. I mean, they're, they're, you know, the, the, the Marxists, the atheists are very clear about that. And I'm sure that's, that's what they're dealing with in the Ukraine. Father, any final thoughts for our audience? We only have about 30 seconds or so left. Um, something you could leave us with. Uh, obviously, you're going to ask us for our prayers. Maybe a place where our audience could go if they want to contribute to your parish or, or help in any way. Yeah, you can, uh, of course, I will ask for pray because, you know, Russian is uh, coming to the border and we have, as, as you know, a lot of problems here inside Ukraine, especially abortion and uh, poverty and other stuff. So we need a lot of prayers and I think uh, that, uh, that we have to pray together for God. And if you want to support us in our humble projects uh, in uh, running the kindergarten, running the school and building another thing for our children and young people you can do so when you go to our website uh, and, and uh, follow us on facebook on youtube on twitter instagram we are we are everywhere so please join Father, us. what's the uh, parish again what's the name of the parish again uh, in english it will be it will be all saints but uh, i can better write in polish or ukrainian you Just, father you you send us you send us an email with the link and when this is available yeah. for podcast we'll put in the link we have to leave it there we want to thank father Yakub dubitsky for joining us here at the front line with joe and joe we <laughs> want to thank you all out there for joining us on the veritas catholic radio network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial spreading the truth of the catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure, as I mentioned earlier, download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app uh, so that you could have access to all of our station's content. And if you would, visit The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV on YouTube. That's where you can uh, like, subscribe, share, and support Joe and I there. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>